Last week, our podcast was mostly designed to talk about Deontay Davis likely going to Warren Central following his father, who was hired as the new head coach at Warren Central, as well as speculation on the return of Reggie Bass to Indiana. An inference was made that the hiring of DeAndre to Warren was was simply tied to his ability to bring his son, and we did not mean to imply that, definitely didn't state it. I feel like on two separate occasions during the podcast, even went out of our way to state that we weren't doing that. But in speaking with DeAndre, um, the inference was made, and I wanted to clear that up because he and I have known each other for about a decade and had no intention of linking those two together. We are primarily a website and a podcast that's going to focus on players, and anytime there's a transfer of the, the caliber of Deontay Davis, we are definitely going to talk about it. And, and even in the case of this possibility of, of Reggie Bass returning to Indiana, we are also going to talk about it. But I did not want to link that any of that to the hiring or the decision to hire Coach Davis, so I wanted to clear that up and apologize to Coach Davis. Welcome to episode 16 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Once again, I'm Jim Reamer, joined by Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Another uh, another solid week up here in northern Indiana. Great weather again. Hot. You were, you're, you're off the softball diamond today. Yep, yep. Uh, daughter had softball tonight. Just got home a little while ago. Nice night for that, for sure. Yep. Today we are... Um... First of all, just let everybody know you you can subscribe to our podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you get a chance to give us a rating and review, we greatly appreciate it. I'm going to try and do that at the beginning of each episode as well as the end. So that way people can, you know, maybe uh, pass along the good news or pass along any good uh, good vibes they've got on the podcast. We, we get decent feedback behind the scenes, um, but it's pretty direct, pretty uh, via text message or or uh, DMs on social media, but I uh, started the podcast uh, before the uh, before the music intro with an apology to Coach DeAndre Davis, who was obviously we know hired last week as the head coach at Warren Central, and I and I don't, I don't want to step over the apology, but the the and I'm going to try very hard not to because I mean it sincerely. Uh, we did not mean to make the connection, and by we I mean me, since it was mostly me talking about it, but. Did not mean to make the connection that he was hired uh, be, because of Deontay. And so in that that was thought to be the case, I apologized, and, and I don't want to do anything here to step on it. But there were a couple of things in the discussions that took place. This all took place Saturday morning uh, in talking with the athletics director from, um, from Warren Central that I just wanted to address. And just as a site overall and, and as a podcast overall, just to – um, not necessarily disagree, but but define what we're going to do, what the direction of this website is going to be. Um, the, there was an implication that we were that we made this about recruiting, and there was an implication that somehow, even if we were to go down the path of this coach was hired because of that, that that somehow showed it showed Warren Central in a dirty light or a less than reputable light. And and that's there's just no way that that's the case. We didn't talk about recruiting specifically. Uh, we 
we mentioned the first part of the undue influence rule, but we went straight to the past link part of it. And, and that, that is there from the IHSA perspective because it's very hard to prove recruiting. Um, it's, it's very hard to differentiate how some schools approach or communicate with kids that aren't part of their school system. And no program is going to turn away good kids, not, not from an athletics perspective. Now, schools may have, may have rules in place for who can enroll and who can enroll, uh, but, but at no way did we connect the dots to say that that was recruiting. Um, if we're going to discuss players as much as we do, and then moving on to my second point here with this, is we are going to focus vast majority of what we do on players. And, and players that transfer make news, and, and really good players that transfer make big news in this state. And we're going to talk about it. Now, hopefully we're not speculating on school to school, like so, somebody from Carmel is going to transfer to Garrett. You know, we're not going to speculate on stuff like that because that happens every day. We, we get that stuff every single day. Right. Uh, but a kid that moves in from out of – a kid that returns to Indiana from out of state who's as good as Reggie Bass is, we are definitely going to talk about that. And as strong as that rumor hit, we are going to talk about it. There's just no way around it. And, it, and talking about it isn't an implication that somebody is recruiting him. Talking about it is, an, is at worst an implication that, hey, there may be a situation he's comfortable with in returning home and, and playing. And as I said a few times to the athletics director at Warren Central, it, I'd like to see him back here. So not that anybody cares uh, about that part, but um, it would be great if he was still playing, if he was back playing in Indiana. So – we're going to have those discussions here. We're going to write about those things and and continue to have podcasts about them. Now, another point that was made was that why was the coaching hire analyzed at all? And there was a comment made that we didn't analyze past coaching decisions and we didn't analyze, and he even named that Warren Central's most recent coaching decisions. Why wasn't the, the hiring of Chris Byers analyzed? He had one year of head coaching experience. Why wasn't the hiring of Garrett Weiniger analyzed? Because he didn't have any coaching experience. Of course, both those guys fit under the criteria of what I said is Chris Byers did have head coaching experience. And Garrett Weiniger, while he didn't, he was an internal hire. He, all he did was move one seat down. So both those guys factually fit the criteria that I, that I laid out in, in talking about how rare it is for a school of that magnitude, a program of that magnitude, to hire somebody with no coaching experience. Again, not trying to draw any connections as to the quality of the decision. DeAndre is going to, you know, he's going to have a chance to do a really good job at Warren Central, and and has a, a great, you know, has has great longevity at Lawrence Central, a program that's won a lot of games while he's been the assistant coach there, and and he would be next in line at Lawrence Central if when if and when Coach Gooden decided to step down. I mean, as the head as the you know varsity assistant, um, but. You know, one reason why those decisions weren't analyzed is because we didn't have a, a podcast back then. Right. And we there really was no website back then. I mean, there, there was a, a URL, but it wasn't active. Um, we didn't launch until November, and we didn't launch this podcast until very late March. So there was a little bit of contention in the conversation I had with the athletics director at Warren Central that I think we got through. I think overall that conversation ended up pretty well. And my, my discussion with Coach Davis went extremely well. 
but we have history together. So, but with the athletics director at Warren, there was a contention that it didn't matter what was, what the timing of our, this podcast didn't matter. And I just vehemently degree, disagree and not going to be responsible for what others, especially others said or didn't say about past decision. I'm just not going to do it. And nor should we. And, and as far as, the, and he shouldn't be responsible to, to know what I have commented on in the past. I don't expect him to know every little nitpick, nitpick thing I've discussed over the years in different forums and, and primarily rivals because I've been part of the rivals community, especially on the Indiana university side for, for 20 plus years. And, and there are times where I have discussed coaching hires or, or hires that, um, you know, that are not really coaching hires, but certainly uh, decisions of kids transferring because in, in that context, IU fans want to know, you know, especially if the kid's good enough, is, is this going to impact his recruiting? And, you know, there, there have been a couple of times where uh, – and I, and I was wrong on that nobody had been hired in, in the MIC uh, without head coaching experience. One was Greg Graham, of course, at Warren Central. But, again, pretty extenuating circumstance. He's a Warren Central legend. And, and a and a had a nice NBA career, and the other was Zach Hahn, who was hired at Center Grove after being an assistant at Ben Davis, and and I remember on social media. Now keep in mind, Zach, I've known him since he was in eighth grade. He played in our AAU program. I coached his little brother, and my disposition at the time on, on social media was Center Grove was taking a leap of faith, hiring a guy with no coaching experience, and no question that his time at Butler. Made him a known made him a known quantity or a known quality, and and he was going to have a chance to prove himself, just as Coach Davis is going to have a chance to prove himself at Warren Central, and I would say Coach Han at, at Center Grove has delivered, and you know it's nice to have talent, <laughs> he won't argue that, uh, but he's delivered and he's he's made the most of it, or he's made a lot of it that's for sure, and you could see it in the development of Trace Jackson Davis through his four years there, and you've seen it in the development of their program overall. Um, so it, I wanted to put to him a, that there was a history that, and I didn't come up with that until afterward and I sent it to him via an email and I did not get a reply and, and maybe there'll be a reply after this podcast come out. But, but I had had opportunities to, to make, to make that distinction, to talk about those things. And, and, you know, the, the, you look at, you, you look at why DeAndre Davis's hiring makes a big makes is a big deal. Well, it's because of Deontay. Exactly. And it's he's he's that good. Anytime a kid that good transfers, um, it's news. Period. End of end of story. Um, when Jerry Hoover took the Blackford job, and you know Luke Brown decided to move from Brownsburg to Blackford to to play for his relative, um, definitely analyzed that move and definitely did it publicly. Uh, but I don't expect, I don't expect anybody, or or let alone everybody, to know where and how I've expressed those opinions. Um, but you know, there's there's no question that if if it wasn't Jerry Hoover, who is beloved in this state and w- with a tremendous amount of history in this state, um, that there would have been a little bit more of an uproar on a kid as good as Luke Brown moving from Brownsburg to, to a small school, Blackford, it just would have. And if, if that implies anything deeper, I don't, 
I don't know. And at that point, I don't care because it's, it's, um, it was treated differently than what a lot of other transfer situations and, and officially kids that enroll in different schools, they grow up in as a freshman, they're not considered transfers according to the ITSA, but, but, you know, Luke Brown definitely was a Brownsburg kid. Now he didn't go to Brownsburg high school. Um, he, he repeated the eighth grade. He was at Bethesda school for a, uh, up through middle school. And there was some question on whether or not he would go to Brownsburg high school or, or Bethesda. And he ended up at Blackford. So that was discussed and that has been discussed by a lot of others ad nauseum. Uh, but for the most part, it's been a positive review and, and Luke has done great things at Blackford and they've won a lot of games. They've certainly won more games there than they have since the late seventies when they were actually winning sectionals. Um, and, but again, that's another instance where I have spoken out this in written form, but where I have spoken out in, in analyzing situations that involve either coaching changes or, or coaching decisions, uh, attached to players. So, um, Again, not none of it questions the quality of the hire. We said that last week. None of it questions the the job that we think any any coach will do because it's in that regard it's unknown. So Coach Davis is going to have a chance to prove himself, and and no coach would turn down talent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> especially if it's his, especially if it's his son. Yep. And uh, you know Deontay is going to have a chance to do great things for the next two years, and. And he is going to be part of our discussion here going forward later today because today was um, a huge day for incoming juniors. And um, today is the first day that colleges can officially communicate with them directly, like initiate contact with them. And that made, you know, for some interesting news today and <laughs> including a little misstep, right, by Leland Walker. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit. That you got you got the ball rolling because you you seem to be on Twitter more than I am even because I, I get your tweets and then I go through and retweet them. So uh-huh. what? Tell us. Let's talk about Leland. Go go with the history of that, that that happened earlier today. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It sounded like a it was confusing for a few people that he he uh, was offered by Purdue supposedly, and then that ended up being re- retracted or somebody misspoke or something altogether on that one. It sounded like is what happened there. You know, and he later. Well, we'll we'll go through that. We'll go through the the new the offers that came through today after I, after I say this. The the one thing that I always stress with recruiting is, unless the offer comes from the head coach, I wouldn't count it as an offer. And and unless they unless the head coach says we are offering you a scholarship, I wouldn't count it as an offer. Yeah. I think that situation needs to be as explicit and as direct as possible uh, because these are adults dealing with kids and we don't need teenage kids parsing language, parsing coach speak, uh, parsing, hey, we want you, or hey, you'd be really good for our program, or hey, you're our top priority. Um, All those things mean very little. I mean, they, they have a literal meaning, but all those things mean very little in terms of the accountability of the school to whether or not they offered a scholarship or not. Yeah. Now, as recruiting goes, scholarships can be rescinded. 
and I've had that happen with kids before, and I, I hopefully those recensions are every bit as expressed as the offers. Uh, sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes they just sort of hope you don't commit, and then when you do, tell the youth it's not there. Uh, but I think more and more coaches have gone away from that. Um, and we'll get we'll dig a little deeper in the recruiting process later this podcast. But but tell us more. So he he was not offered by Purdue today, right? But he was offered by Xavier. but he was offered by Xavier. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So what what else happened today on on that front on as far as offers? Uh, most recently here before we started off tonight, uh, Jalen Washington got an offer from Maryland. Yep. Um, we had Leland Xavier, Trey Kaufman earlier this week, A and M. Uh, Peyton Sparks this week. He had Florida Gulf Coast, Elon, and then uh, Wisconsin Milwaukee came in later this afternoon. I uh, see. I haven't seen those yet. Okay. Uh, that's all I had written down for to for for this week. Did you have anything else to add to those names? Oh yeah, we've got oh Nick Anderson. Yeah, DJ the, Hughes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the Nick Anderson one we didn't. Let's talk about that one later. Uh, okay. DJ Hughes was offered by Butler, and and that's of all the of the juniors that that went down this week. That's the most intriguing one. Anytime a kid's recruiting level takes the next step in terms of mid-major to high-major, yep, that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Trey Kaufman also had a Wake Forest offer. Okay. And and for those that don't know, on our website on the front page, we are we have a as up to date as we can get it list of offers as they come in, and they're listed chronologically by by class. And sounds like I got a couple more that we've got to get up there. You, I noticed that you put in a couple of a couple today. Yep. Um, but you will see on our the front page of our website all the offers that that we find on social media or that get reported to us directly. And um, we, we, you know, we've we've got it pretty up to date. Connor Asijan had uh, had three offers today, and including I. I was of the understanding that he had already had an offer from Purdue Fort Wayne, but I was, am I wrong on that? No, he did. <clears throat> he did. Okay. Yeah. But now it's showing, but it's showing up today. Um, Northwood offered him and Indianapolis offered him. And it's really intriguing when division two schools are starting to get involved with some sophomores. Now, I don't know if it's just because Connor has a lot of schools offered in that NAIA division two range. So it's, it's prompted others to get involved. Yeah. Uh, but, but it is pretty rare when schools, when non mid to high majors get involved with offers that young on kids. So Connor's pulling in, how many offers does he have now? He's got, he's got six offers now yeah. and all of them are schools that have, have done well or, or um, in the case of Purdue Fort Wayne, they've done well, but the, the, the non D ones have done really well. It, at their at their levels, so, um, so last week, a gun was offered last week by Kansas State, and then um, we were podcasting as Chris Manis's offer came in. So, so we got Trey Kaufman with two offers: Texas A and M, Wake Forest, Peyton Sparks. We've got, I've got Florida Gulf Coast. You said there's there's a couple of others that have come in this week. Yeah, Elon and uh, Wisconsin Milwaukee. Elon and Wisconsin Milwaukee. Okay. And then um, DJ Hughes, 
So th- this one's the big one for me because he is – I wrote a little bit about him today. I, I, there was a, we published an article today, the class of 2021 players impacted the most by COVID-19 restrictions. And I think I ended up writing about 18 kids, and uh, that can be seen on the website as well. So DJ, this was his first high major offer. And, and what this is – what this signifies to me is he is now at a spot in his development that I think Butler still sees him as a four, but I definitely think they see him as a skilled four. I think they see him as a versatile forward who can guard multiple positions. And and he's a kid that his shot mechanics are, are such, you look at him and you think, okay, this kid can continue to stretch out his range. And he he was really good last year. At, at scoring off the dribble and getting to the basket. And it, he's a kid that I really wanted to watch a lot this year. And, and a lot of it is because AAU is so much more open. There's not a lot of defensive scheme, scheming going on. You know, you see a kid like DJ go out and make some really nice plays like he does in the fall league. But that's a time when you start to see them build confidence in their, in their newly developed skill set or, or their expanding skill set. And, and Butler does not mess around with guys who can't shoot or guys that they don't think can shoot. And he is definitely heading in that direction uh, in, in terms of being a consistent shooter, certainly a threat, and, and really reminds me of a stronger Christian David who is a Butler and, and who just can't seem to get healthy. Oh, yeah. Um, but a guy, a guy that I liked a lot coming in, even though he was coming in off, a, off an ACL tear, he is uh, he still just can't get he can't keep himself healthy. But but Hughes reminds me of a stronger version of him. And my gosh, every bit is athletic. And he if he could tighten up some things, which I think will happen um, by the time he's a sophomore at Butler, I think he's going to be a guy that produces pretty regularly, at least, at least as a, you know, getting good minutes in their rotation and on a team that wins a lot of games. So, um what what are our thoughts? What are your thoughts on a siege and playing Division two, Division one? Where where do you see that going? <clears throat> yeah, uh, a couple coaches always told me the kids is is only as good as his best as highest offer, I should say. So I mean, right. he's got the the Purdue Fort Wayne offer. Uh, I like that one. Playing close to home, um, I. If he if he's gonna stay NAIA, I can see an IWU. I can see a kid like him going to IWU just because of like the Kyle Manga situation, how good he is. I'm not saying Connors is yeah. good as Kyle, but I'm just saying player wise, like that that he's an IWU kid to me. If if he went Crossroads League, <laughs> uh, I don't know much about Southern Indiana. He has that offer. They're switching to D1. Yep. Is that true? Right. I I don't know. I don't. I didn't see the timetable on that, so I don't. I don't know. Stuff like that doesn't hit my radar. And obviously in any, any time that, that matters, that's something that we've got to pay more attention to. But yeah, I, I haven't seen a timetable on that. I, I know that as surprised as I was when, when coach Gerard took that job, uh, it was said to me that part of the allure was that Southern Indiana was going to be a division one school, but then sure. there was some pullback on that because they didn't think it would be right away. And then about a week ago, it seemed like, yeah, maybe they are heading in that direction, but, but certainly nothing definitive. So, um, 
But I, you know, you're right on. You're only as good as your best offer. So sometimes, I mean, obviously, you see guys like Tate Hall, who I thought was very under recruited, went to Indianapolis, played one year, and then transferred to Loyola, and then was productive this year. You yeah. know, and 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 now you look at a kid like Trevor Lakes, who went to went to Indianapolis had three really good years and with the coaching change decided to open up his recruiting and maybe consider being a grad transfer and see what was out there and really loved what Nebraska was telling him about their program and how he could fit in there. And, and both those guys were just looking for different challenges and both those guys were, I can tell you Tate played on a team because both those guys were in our program. Tate played on a team in a class 2016 that had no size and it was him and and Jared Sons and and a bunch of and a bunch of really good wings. You know, Bishop Smith, a really good point guard who went to uh IU East is having a great career there or had a great career. Um and you know, it was it was tough for a guy like Tate to really do much more than he had to continually guard big guys. You know, and that, and that fit in with Suns pretty well because Suns was going to probably be more of an NAIA guy anyway. Um, if he was a little bit more athletic or maybe a couple inches bigger, he could have slid into that D2, low D1 range. You know, six foot eight, maybe a little bit springier. Jared Suns goes a little bit higher. Right. But at 6'6", six, six, at 6'6", six, six is, a, is a combo big in, in, the, in the Crossroads League. And, and – so it was those two guys, and, and Tate was the second biggest player on that team. And as much as they won a lot of games, they won a lot of games because they were all smart, could all shoot. Crazy, crazy, crazy number of kids that could shoot on that team. They were fun to watch. They play with a fast pace. And Lakes' group had good size, but he was continually put in that four-man spot. And the fives they had on that team were not skilled. God love them. Both Carmel kids. Um both hardworking, good screeners, role players, um, and good pieces on on teams that, I mean, well, sent two kids to Division One schools. Josiah Wallace is at Eastern Illinois, and now Tra- Trevor Lakes is at uh, is going to Nebraska. So, um, you know, but when it came time to their recruitment, both guys had to play bigger, and and probably just weren't ready for it yet physically. Um. I mean, hell, Tate, I think, grew six inches from from his sophomore year to his junior year. So he was definitely still filling out his body as he was as he was growing. And, and you know, definitely definitely a guy that takes a challenge. So, so that does challenge the mindset that you are only as good as your biggest offer. But because sometimes these guys can get overlooked for, for any number of reasons. And oh, yeah, definitely. That's the, and that's the thing with Connor is, you know, and, and you compare to the Mangus – I don't know what Mangus's recruiting was like uh, coming out. Uh, you know, we, I wasn't tracking it back then like I am now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, his um, he's had a heck of a career at NA Wesleyan. So I don't know what to say when you if you compare him to Kyle. Um, the Crossroads League is extremely good. So there's no there's no downplaying that that scenario. A lot of it, I think, is depending on how you see your time spent in the off season, how you see your time spent 
on campus, being closer to home, how how important is that? Not that Indianapolis or Northwood is, are that far away, especially from where he lives. Uh, Purdue, I, you know, Purdue Fort Wayne is definitely close to home, right? And um, Southern Indiana, you know, it, it, you got a vehicle that works. Isn't it's it's a four hour drive. It's not it's not bad when you're driving to watch basketball games. So, um, so he picked up three offers today: Indianapolis, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Northwood. Um, and that's a, I, I do think that's about his wheelhouse. Um, but I, I've not seen him enough. I'd like to, I got to see him more from my perspective to get a better feel for who he can guard and, um, and how he scores. If it, you know, if it's something, if it's in, a, in ways that are going to translate to a higher level. Yeah. Um, but is he, is he a wing in college? Is that, yeah, he's is he's, that what I mean? He's, he's he got, is. I mean, he's basically a two guard in the summer. Yeah, he's got a good size, six three, six four. So I would probably say wing in college, also. Yeah, two or three. Um, Jalen Washington, Maryland. That happened today. Yep. What? Um, just got to see him. Just got to get him healthy, right? That's the big thing. Yeah. I mean, if he's healthy, Gary West is probably a good watch next year, right? I mean, Gary West is probably a good watch anyway. Kamari Peterson is is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robertson boys, they're loaded, seem to be loaded with guys. Yeah, and, you know, Jalen Washington is a kid that we've talked about a little bit here. It's just getting a really good feel for what he can do and, and how that translates – on the court against, you know, you know how that translates on the court against opponents, instead of just watching him in workouts or, or you know, or watching him in the summer. Um, but he he is definitely physically got the length. I, I know that his skills. People have spoken highly of his skill set at, at a young age, and and now it's just time for him to refine it and and and, and expand on it, and. And I'd be curious to see what he what he looks like defensively too, because that's going to be a big thing for him. He's going to have to guard a four, and, and at six nine, maybe still growing. There's going to be times where he's going to guard fives, and it, he's going to have to. And I don't mean at the high school level; I mean at the college level. And there may be times where he can't guard fours because there may be situations like when a Indiana trots out Justin Smith at the four. Can a kid with that frame? you know, really um, keep a guy as athletic and as strong as Justin, who's at a full steam ahead away from the rim. I mean, I know Justin's transferred, but but that's the type of guy that he maybe struggles with in the Big Ten. Yeah. I, you know, I don't – not seen enough of him to know if that's the case. Right. But you, you, you consider the body type. And that's that he's going to have to guard bigger, stronger centers. He's going to have to guard shorter, maybe quicker um, you know, power forwards who are maybe, you know, in situations where teams go a little bit smaller. Like, does he, how does he guard a DJ Hughes at the next level? You know, that's, that's the guy he's going to have to guard. And, and right now, I think DJ would, would, would do pretty good. I mean, I think DJ would have the advantage right now. But, 
you start to add some muscle to Jalen's frame, and, and then that his length just it just changes things. So, um, anything new on? There really wasn't anything new. I mean, Leland Walker is a kid. You asked me earlier if I thought he was a, um, if I was surprised by the Purdue offer, the, or the reported the Purdue, Purdue offer. Purdue offer, right? <laughs> And my answer was bluntly no. I'm not surprised by it at all. I love his ceiling. He does have some size concerns, um, but I absolutely, I absolutely love watching him play. I loved his his growth from his freshman to sophomore year was so noticeable, and it really had way more to do with how he managed possessions, and and I, I enjoyed watching him play. And, and I'm, I like he can. He's explosive. I mean, he didn't play air-free basketball, but but he didn't do anything where you looked at him and like, oh yeah, that was a bad idea. Just you know, he just wasn't shooting well. And the couple of games that I saw, but he's playing Brownsburg and Carmel, two teams that can really defend. And he wasn't going to have he was going to have to work hard to get his points both those games, especially Brownsburg. And they just kind of beat him up until the final four minutes when he almost brought him back. <laughs> he went on a tear. In the final, the final, the final stretch of the fourth quarter, and I think cut what was once a sixteen-point lead down to about five, and it, a lot of it was was him, and and pretty much all of it was either him getting his getting his own shot or getting it getting somebody else's shot, and um, but uh, North Central never had the ball down two possessions, and um, and Brownsburg obviously was able to salt that thing away and, and walk away with a win, so. But he gets a Xavier offer, so that's his first high major. That's a Big East offer. That's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think there's more of that to come for him. And um, and then the rest of it is Cough, Trey Kaufman, Texas A&M, and, and Wake Forest. Those are no-brainers. Um, more and more there seems to be this push that he's going to Indiana. But then we'll see what happens with Trey Patterson on Thursday out-of-state guy, but he's set to decide between Indiana, Florida, and, and Villanova. And I don't know anything about his recruitment other than that. I always tend to think Indiana does well in those situations. Um, but but I have no idea what, what would motivate the kid in any decision. So, um, Any other news this week? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, the Nick Anderson's Barry offer, D2 out of Florida. Uh, I know yeah. he also visited Bethel on Friday, I know. So it'll be interesting to see what, what route he goes. Yeah, I think I think next week we might take a look deeper look into who who received which phone calls or, or direct communications, whether it be um, Zoom or, you know, or phone calls or, or texts or – you know, direct messages on Twitter, things like that. Um, but because there's a lot of stuff that happened today that we just aren't getting to because it's still it's still kind of flowing in as far as phone calls. But Nick Anderson to Barry or getting a Barry offer, that league recruits Indiana very hard. That league has always recruited Indiana hard. There's a lot of guys down there in that Sunshine State Conference. Um, if you start tracking some of those rosters, any given year, there's there's four or five kids from Indiana down in that league, 
and I, I can't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Spend four years, spend four years avoiding Indiana winter. If, if you're, you're not a, just a huge hardcore basketball fan, like me and you are, um, I think if I was in my twenties and I could spend four years away from Indiana winters, I would, uh, yeah, I would take is. that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no specifically, but, but yeah, he went off the game. I saw, I saw their first game of the year. He had 34. Okay. And as well as he shot the ball, he was even more impressive moving without it. And, and that's a, that's a big deal for me. Yeah, for sure. Cause I'm a motion guy and I loved watching him come off screens. And he had Andrean torn to fits that game. Yeah. So, um, let's. I also had. We're gonna uh, deal. <clears throat> I had a couple more for us here, quick. Good. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Preston Phillips from Jimtown. He's gonna go to Bosco Prep. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. <coughs> I don't know. I've never seen him play, but I've, I've I saw that tweet come across. Yeah. And then uh, your your guy Karsten Karsten Winland going to IU Coco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he you know he's got a chance to do some good things there, and he's a feisty kid. He's competitive as all get out. He um, he's hard on himself, and he is a um, but he's never afraid of the moment. And that was never any clearer than his junior year when Karma was down twelve. <laughs> Maybe had cut it to single digits by that point, but but in the final thirty seconds, you of the of the second of the of the first half, you could kind of tell Coach Osborne was looking to maybe hold for one, but he didn't care. He shot like a twenty five footer with I don't know twenty two seconds to go on the clock. Hit it, no big deal, nothing like it's nothing, and and that was it. That that loosened things up. You know, the rest of the, the, the first, they were down, I want to say eight maybe at halftime. And I want to say they scored the first 16 points the third quarter and just kind of never looked back. I mean, Northrop really had him on the ropes, and, and Karsten came in and loosened things up because he just, he just doesn't care. Yep. He doesn't yep. – he's, afra- he's not afraid of the moment. And, um, you know, every now and then you got you to gotta stomach a four shot. But – he plays hard, and you know he's got a chance to do some really good things at IU Kokomo, and and hopefully that uh, that works out. He, he spent most of this year not playing, so this is a chance for him to get back in the game and and um, and do good. And Eric Ecklebarger's done an excellent job at IU Kokomo. Feel good because he he played for us growing up, and his father is a mentor of mine. So I'm very interested in how IU Kokomo does. And uh, his father was very instrumental in helping me get going when I started. And uh, he, being able to do a lot of good things in Frankfurt at a time when they were extremely talented. Uh, I, I, Eric's, I owed Eric's dad a lot for stuff like that. But So Eric's basically uh, chip off his father's block. He's a good coach. He's done a great job there. And looking for more, looking for more success up there, him and, and, and Rosie Jones out of Butler, his assistant. So that's as impressive of a, a young coaching staff as you can get right there. So any other news? Uh, that, that was all I had written down. Did we get to it? I think so. 
we are going to do more work next week on phone calls and see where some of these kids are being reached, you know, contacted from. I think that's that might be the plan going forward, at least as far as the incoming sophomores. Certainly week to week we'll do more offer recruiting and offer news. And, of course, any commitments that we have. No commitments this week. So our last commitment has been what, uh, Gus Hutchison? Has that been our most recent commitment as far as current high school players? That might be it. Not including Bosco. Right. So, all right, anything else this week? I mean, as far as, like, besides the recruiting news, we it's it's been kind of a light week. I think we thought we were going to talk about the beginning of maybe AAU games. Um, but that may be best to put off next week, although there's at least three three places in the state of Indiana that are having games this weekend, Lafayette, Fort Wayne, and Indianapolis. So if you're looking for games, uh, take your mask and uh, go watch basketball games. Um, although I'll be curious to see the, the venue we're playing in Lafayette is restricting people. Okay. So, I mean, they're, restrict, they're restricting <clears> – <throat> Even parent, even parents. We're only allowed one parent per kid, wow. and, and really not even that. Um, luckily, I've got my team down with vacations and things like that. Um, that we are going to, um, we'll be able to get it done. But I'm even, I'm even keep, I'm even splitting my coaches up. So I've got a coach that lives in Lafayette. He's going to be at the Lafayette tournament this week, and then the coach down in Indy or next week. When we're in Indy, he'll be there um, if we have to deal with the same restrictions. Um, so we're even going to go that far with it just to abide by the state and, and sure. do things the right way. So, But looking forward to getting going again. Yeah, definitely. Getting a chance to play games and getting a chance to watch kids play games. You're yep. going to be maybe in Fort Wayne this weekend. Yeah, I'm hoping to go Good. to Fort Wayne for sure. And um, we'll talk more about that schedule off the air. But um, – I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to the guys that the teams that we play and um, getting a chance to see some of these incoming sophomores play. And other, and you'll be focused on older kids, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yep. Well, I think that does it for this week, right? Yeah. Good week. Okay. A quick week for us. Yes. Might be our shortest podcast. <laughs> and, and that's the way it should be. I, I made a conscious effort to talk faster this week instead of him and Han. But I uh, appreciate everybody who listens. And, again, Zach, I appreciate uh, appreciate your participation every week and, and your information and looking forward to getting you out to gyms to see games, looking forward to us both getting out to see games. But, um, uh, as always, our podcasts are subscribable via Apple Podcasts or via, via Spotify. And if you get a chance to give us a rating and a review, would appreciate it. If you have any uh, questions for our for us, feel free to to send us DMs. Our DMs are open on Twitter. At least mine are. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, the good, yeah, I didn't know, and it's no big deal if they're not. But the uh, mine are, and the and the website Courtside Indiana's handle, which is Courtside Ind, their DMs are open. So anytime you've got a comment or or a question, uh, feel free to shoot us our way. We may get to a point where we start doing a mailbag, um, get a, get us an extra podcast during the week, and then as we get closer to the school season, we'll be doing multiple podcasts. Maybe not specifically me and you together, but but we'll be doing multiple podcasts uh, 
through this website and um, just hopefully uh, we, we get to a point where we get to have basketball. So at least so far, so good starting this week. So Zach, appreciate your time. Yeah. I love being here. And uh, that's it for this week. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you.